0: The last couple of years have been very challenging for the Washington farming community when it comes to legislative sessions in Olympia. So what does the 2023 session look like and what do farmers need to be ready for in the weeks ahead? I recently sat down with Pam Lewison, director of the Washington Policy Center's Initiative on Agriculture, to talk about some of the biggest issues in the state capitol. And she started our conversation talking about an effort to bring back legislation that didn't get across the finish line last year.
1: So the 2022 riparian bill essentially would have taken a a great deal of land from folks. I think this new version in 2023, uh, there's both a House and Senate version, are Not significantly different. I think they're just a little bit quieter in how they approach that land takings aspect of the riparian bills. Um, What's interesting is that in the new versions of the riparian bills, what they lay out is a report from the Department of Fish and Wildlife as the best available science about riparian buffers. And they want to codify it in those two bills. The trouble with that is if you talk to people in forestry and other sort of riparian management areas, they'll tell you that uh, the buffers that are associated with that report, which are based on site potential tree height, which is um, a really complicated sort of math problem, uh, that it's not the best available science, that you can, in fact, get a lot of benefit from a buffer that's maybe only 30 feet versus the 140 feet minimum that that site potential tree height would institute in Washington. Uh, The good news is there was a hearing. Uh, A lot of people came out to testify and point out some of those problems with the bill. And that bill is, if it moves, it will move very slowly through this legislative process to make sure that we are getting everyone's thoughts incorporated into it. Or at least that's what we're hearing from the legislature.
0: You know, something, if my memory serves me correctly, that a lot of the farming community struggled with the last time we were talking about the riparian legislation was it seemed to only impact rural Washington. If if you were in an established metropolitan area, for some reason, the buffer didn't seem to qualify for you. So has that issue been addressed?
1: Yes. So the issue about rural versus everywhere else has been addressed. And urban areas, ex-urban areas, all of those things, and public lands as well, are all called out in the bill as needing to be assessed for having a riparian buffer of some kind. Uh, What that looks like and how it's actually applied, however, uh, I think those of us in
0: rural communities are still a little skeptical about You're talking about the best available science. How is the farming community, or maybe those who are just in opposition to the riparian bill, how are they doing as far as presenting differing opinions? And are those different opinions being respected?
1: You know, I think what the farming community and rural communities are really trying to do is say come come see us come see what we already do to conserve those critical habitat areas and make them better and we have a we have a great uh, opportunity to do that through the voluntary stewardship program through the crep program frep does the same thing for forestry so there are already these conservation programs in place and i think what i'm hearing from ag and rural folks is that they want to have credit given to them for the work they're already doing. And I think they've been really good about vocalizing that to the legislature.
0: Obviously, COVID changed a lot of things, killed a lot of things, unfortunately. But one thing before COVID was you would see Western Washington lawmakers come to Eastern Washington. They'd come to Central Washington, kind of get those boots on the ground perspective. Is there any effort right now to maybe reinstate that specifically for the riparian bill or anything else?
1: I think, or I hope anyway, that we will start to see those Western lawmakers come back and see us and talk to us in a person-to-person manner. I think a lot of the time what we end up having is that that divide with the past and the Cascades uh, provides this sort of buffer, if you will, between uh, legislators who live in Western Washington and those of us in Eastern Washington. But there are... uh, opportunities, I think, where those lawmakers are certainly invited to come and join us and see what we're about and see what a different pace of life is. I hope, however, that that goes both ways. I'd love to see a bus full of farmers drive through downtown Seattle. Uh, So if we can figure out some way to have some give and take, I think that would be great
0: obviously something else that's really on the minds of the farming community is overtime implementation, stair-stepping it down. Um, what does legis- is there any legislation I should say that looks to alter what lawmakers have already done?
1: Yes, so This year, a bill was introduced um, very similar to what was tried uh, last year, because when overtime was originally introduced in Washington, there was this thought that we had an agreement about having a harvest window or some flexibility built into the bill. Uh, And it wasn't there, as it turns out, in the the final piece of legislation. So now what we're looking at is a 12-week self-determined window by the farmer to have the ability to eclipse our current floor and as that floor goes down that that flexibility will still be in place so you can see um, the opportunity for those farm workers in particular to recoup some of their their income that's been lost from this uh, overtime legislation.
0: All right. I'm going to maybe play a little devil's advocate here. Does that mean that if I'm a cherry producer in central Washington, I have to know now if I'm going to start harvesting on May 24th versus June 7th?
1: Yes. So if you are... uh in any kind of position where you have a harvest of some sort, you are going to have to identify early what that harvest will be. There is an opportunity for you to revise that, but you still have to have a little bit of a crystal ball because I believe that the window is a seven-day time frame before you can. Um, excuse me, a seven-day time frame for you to alert your workers that harvest has been moved.
0: How challenging is this going to be for the egg industry when? Let's be honest, year after year, we talk about the shortage of ag labor out there. H2A is always an issue. Uh, It seems like this is going to be a real difficult task for the farmer.
1: I think it is. You know, there are certainly um, semi-reliable times for harvest. But uh, anybody in the ag community will tell you that uh, harvest is dependent on a great many things, whether that's a cold spring like we had last year, which delayed the um, maturation of all of our fruit and vegetables versus, um, you know, weather uh, is a huge part of that equation as well. If we have a, a long cold spell in the spring and perhaps, you know, a bunch of rain in the, in the summertime, uh, the likelihood that you're going to be able to get those crops off quickly and on time is a lot less.
0: I know a lot of farmers are frustrated with riparian legislation, with overtime. It seems like this serves as a good reminder that the farming community needs to be proactive, respectful, but proactive when it comes to engaging with lawmakers in Olympia.
1: I have said for many years now um, that... However, we might think individually, because uh, farmers are great at being individuals. Any time the legislature is in session, we need to come together with a single message and a single voice. That's challenging to do. We have 36,000 individuals, uh, or individual farms in any case. But it's truly important for us to present a united front when we go to the legislature with concerns about things like overtime or the riparian buffer bills or whatever other bills may be coming down the road. Uh, the more we can say the same thing, the better off we're going to be in the long run.
0: Once again, that was Pam Lewison with the Washington Policy Center.